Hi guys, my name is Tashoy. And my name is Natasha. And welcome, welcome to, to His Word. word. Yeah. We are here to bring you His Word through testimonies. And His Word is here to encourage, uplift, inspire, help, believe, and to trust. So what is a testimony, you may ask? I'll let you know. A testimony is a testament of what God is doing in your life. It is powerful to share your testimony and it will help other people who are going through the exact same thing. So guys, please remember to hear his word, speak his word, and share his word. His His word word is is God's God's word. Hi guys, my name is Natasha Brown and welcome back to another episode on Testimony Tuesdays, hashtag TT. This is season three, episode seven, and it's called Strongholds. Now, I'm not sure if you guys saw my Instagram post, but what I define to be a stronghold is something that keeps us in spiritual bondage, something the enemy uses to his advantage. You know, the enemy builds on an experience, he builds on anything that's happened in your life, a thought, an emotion, a feeling, an experience, and he builds on that, and he will keep you in spiritual bondage. And in order for you to break a stronghold, you need to identify the root of it and then you need to be intentional about breaking free from it. A stronghold is something that keeps you in a place where you find it very, very, very hard to come out of. For example, if you may have an alcohol addiction, that is a stronghold, you know, it's hard to come out of that. If, you, if you're if um, you someone who's addicted to porn or masturbation, that is a stronghold. You know, if you're a person who, you know, um, experiences sleep paralysis all the time, something has happened which has placed a stronghold on your life, which keeps keeping you in this habit, who keeps keeping you in this situation. So that is what I define to be a stronghold. And even in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 to 4, Paul speaks about strongholds. He says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Now here he's talking about how like we face challenges in life and we may think that the challenges are our everyday challenges but our challenges are spiritual. These are things that keep us and sometimes we don't even know that we are in a stronghold but that's the point. You need to identify it and break free from it because the moment you are in a stronghold the enemy has some kind of control over your mind but because you are in Christ because you are the child of the living heavenly father you have the power to overcome it just you need to want to overcome it that is the whole purpose of this conversation you need to want to overcome these things you need to want to be intentional about changing your mindset and the way in which you view your stronghold although it is labeled as a stronghold our heavenly father gave us the powers he gave us the weapons he gave us the armor to overcome these things and that is just what i wanted to really get to you guys in this episode now the anchor scripture for this episode is actually psalms 91 verse 4 but for the purpose of this episode i will be reading the entire thing because i believe that this is a very very powerful scripture that really did break me out of my own um stronghold and it reads whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty i will say of the lord he is my refuge and my fortress my god in whom i trust 
Surely he will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. Who will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling no harm will overtake you no disaster will come near your tent for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone you will tread on the lion and the cobra and you will trample the great lion and the serpent because he loves me says the lord i will rescue him i will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. I hope you guys are blessed by the scripture. And without further ado, hello, Vanessa, how are you? Please let us know what God has done for you in this season. So my name is Vanessa Venice. I'm from the UK. Um, I live in Hertfordshire. And my occupation, well, I'd say by day, I'm a buying assistant for Tesco. And then my other stuff that I do is music. Um, I'm a youth leader at my church. I'm a choir leader as well. So that's just a bit about me. And my testimony is going to be on basically my struggle with depression and anxiety and just how, yeah, my life has kind of unfolded from that. But yeah, so would you like me to go ahead? Yes, please. Okay, so um, just going to give you a bit of backstory to my life. I'm a pastor's daughter and I started leading praise and worship when I was about 12, 13. That's when I joined my church choir. And um, yeah, I think pretty much at that age, I didn't really understand what I was doing. I just knew I loved to sing. So I joined the choir, started leading. And again, yeah, I didn't really understand the weight of it or what I was doing. But um, around 17, 16, I was still in my church choir at the time. Um, I met a man in my church who was around 26 years old, but I, to my knowledge, he was 24. Not that that makes it any better, but <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what he had told me. So this guy was also kind of like in the choir, but he was more in the media team. So I would have to send him like my songs for the week. I would send it to him and he would put them up and whatever. So that's how he got my contact number. That's how he started talking to me and stuff like that. Um, so over time, the guy was just like, oh, come see me. Yeah, just trying, just being really friendly. And I think at that time in my life, 16, 17, I think my self-esteem was quite low. Um, I didn't realize it, but to some extent, I think it was. And I grew up in a very much predominantly white area. Everyone in my school was white, apart from me and my sister, and probably a, a couple of other people. To this point, I hadn't had an experience with a guy I hadn't had an experience I hadn't had a boyfriend I mean you can't really call like those 12 year old relationships a boyfriend <laughs> so I'd never been in a relationship either so I guess I was very um vulnerable gullible susceptible to whatever he was telling me so he invited me to his house and I mean um I was stupid but I wasn't that stupid so I um asked one of my friends to come with me and she came with me everything was fine was cool she was a bit more inquisitive than I was I was kind of like I'm just here to tick this off my list and then you can stop asking me to come um and she was quite inquisitive so she was going around his room like 
looking for his cupboards, looking for his wardrobe and stuff. And he got quite angry about it. And I just kind of assumed that, okay, that's normal. If someone's going for your stuff, you're going to be annoyed anyway. So I just ignored that. It was what it was. And then she left the room to go to the toilet. And she, he was like, why did you come with her? And I was like, because I wanted to come with somebody. I didn't really feel comfortable coming alone. And he was like, okay, well, next time, make sure you come on your own. And I was like, okay. Um, so giving it some time, we were still messaging back and forth. And I think, yeah, he was just telling me that he's interested in me and that he liked me and all of that. And obviously I'm a 16, 17 year old girl. I'd never had a boyfriend. And I was like, okay, this guy likes me. And he seems genuine. He's in church. What could, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I mean, he's only 24, 26. <laughs> so the next time, stupidly, I did go on my own. I've always had a very strong sense of who I was in Christ. Like I did know to some extent, like this is wrong, this is right. You don't do this, you don't do that. I was always scared of like sexual immorality and stuff like that. Cause as far as I knew, like if you have sex, you're gonna die. Like literally I thought <laughs> if, you have, if you have sex before marriage, that's it. God is never gonna forgive you. <laughs> and that's gonna be the end of it. So I went to his house and we're watching a film and he just started to like come on to me and stuff and I was like okay this is weird I felt uncomfortable and my body language was really telling that I was uncomfortable and then he stopped cool so then he tried again and this time like I think I, I was about to leave but I was lying down on the bed because he had like a studio apartment so I was lying down on the bed and he starts like kissing on me doing all those kind of things and I literally froze because the way I was sitting I was kind of like laid back like my legs were dangling off the bed but I was laid back so I froze and I literally remember myself like trying to tell myself get up get up and I couldn't I just couldn't get up I just froze he then continued to um perform oral on me and again I was just frozen I couldn't move I couldn't get up I don't know what happened but it felt like the longest time of my life and then eventually I got up um I ran to the bathroom and I locked myself in his bathroom and he was banging on the door and he was like, oh, come out, come out. And I was just like, what am I going to do? First of all, I'm a pastor's daughter. Why did I come here? Why am I here? How am I going to tell anybody that I'm here? I was here? So I ran out of his um, apartment. I ran and I ran to the train station and he was following me and chasing after me. And when we got to the train station, um, there was like a bus stop in front of the train station and I'm not that fit so I couldn't run <laughs> I couldn't run that far so I had to slow down about half the time so I stopped at the train station and um, he was literally saying to me oh you can't tell anybody what happened because what are they going to think what are they going to say look at all the young kids at church that look up to you what are they going to say about this and I'm just thinking dude I'm not planning on telling anybody anyway because I shouldn't have been here like I don't want to get in trouble so literally after that it was just a downward spiral like I'm dealing with what had happened on my own like I couldn't tell anybody I was scared to tell people because I thought obviously based on his comments like what what is really going to happen people do look up to me so it was literally like a really dark time in my life I felt really alone um and the only person I could talk to about this was him because he was the only person that I knew so from this we kind of pretty much ended up being in a relationship in quote we were still in a relationship I was still talking to him I would still go see him and yeah just things progressed from there um he introduced me to masturbation he would like ask me to come on webcam and show him stuff and yeah like I said that was a really really dark downward spiral so this was before I went to university um this was all in the space of like a year and a bit I remember hearing a preaching at church one time a visiting pastor came to preach I can't remember what he preached for the life of me but he did say if you I think he said if you want to come out of something just come forward and I literally I felt paralyzed I couldn't <laughs> 
So I left the church and I went to talk to my uncle and I told my uncle what had happened. And um, when I told him that like, he was really angry with the guy, like he just was, he didn't know what to do. So at the time my dad was in Ghana actually, my mom was here. So I had to tell my mom what had happened. Um, and I'm, I am missing out a lot of stuff because there was a lot of things that happened in between that, that definitely affected me and my mental health. But um, yeah, so when my dad came back um, at the time, I then had to obviously tell him what had happened. And for some reason, like the response I got from my family, it just wasn't really what I was expecting. Like I felt like I had done something wrong. And I don't necessarily blame them for that because everybody has different upbringing. Everybody has a different um, awareness. I think now um, when we talk about it, it's different. But at the time it was kind of like, oh, you've done something wrong. Like, yeah. So that affected me a lot because I felt like, again, I couldn't really talk about what had happened. I couldn't talk about it at the time. I couldn't talk about it afterwards. So then I then went on to university and I'm still dealing with the baggage of all of this. Uh, the spiritual aspect of it that I wasn't even aware of that I was dealing with um and I just yeah I just kind of lived my life at university I think it it um expressed itself in drinking in partying in entertaining other guys as well and yeah I think again that just added more and more layers to feeling depressed and then it was in my second year of university that I literally was contemplating killing myself and I remember I was in my university room and I was just crying and I was like, God, are you actually there? Like, I've been carrying the weight of this for so long. I've been dealing with this for so long and I just want to be free from it. And I don't know how to come out of it. Um, and I remember at the time I was reading a devotional by Joyce Mayer and it was called Starting and Ending Your Day Right. And I think on the page on the day that it was, it said, I'm always with you. And from that moment, I was like, yeah, God speaks. God is there. God is with me. It took me literally from last year in um, sixth form till second year of uni, dealing with all of that to get to a point where I realized that God was with me. But the struggle didn't end there. Um, anybody that um, experienced, you know, things with masturbation, things with sexual sin and stuff like that, it's a lot to deal with. And you have to kind of rid yourself and deliver yourself from that. That took a lot for me as well. Like even after, like I said, even after the fact that I was aware that God was with me, I decided to be involved in church a lot more I was still struggling with that and dealing with it I think it was probably until after university actually that I managed to kind of get free from that completely but I was just constantly praying I was constantly fasting I was constantly breaking out of that where that thing finally left me and when I say it was a stronghold like it's a proper stronghold I was getting sleep paralysis I was <laughs> experiencing things in spiritual terms that I've never experienced before I would feel like there would be presences in my room when I'm sleeping or somebody next to me like it was just a very very dark time so as much as I was dealing with the mental health aspects with it I was dealing with the spiritual side as well and it's just a lot to deal with but the testimony from that to me is like even throughout all of that I learned that God is always with me God never left me through that experience and from that experience I've learned how to deal with certain challenges in my life deal with things that come my way as well yeah so that's pretty much my testimony from that side and like I say for me depression and anxiety is something that I think some of these things can become familiar in your life if you allow it to and I think for me it's one thing that I've always struggled with but because I experienced that to such a degree and such a level 
when these attacks and when these things come, I know the word of God. I know I have the word of God. I know I have God with me. So even when these things come, the Bible says the weapons are formed, but they shall not prosper. The weapons will be formed and the enemy knows you. He knows exactly what buttons to press to get you. He knows exactly how to get you back into old patterns. And I think for me, I've begun to learn how to overcome that. And that is by the word. That is by our testimony. That is by sharing these things with other people. I always share and this with people when they allow me to because I feel like sometimes we get in experiences like things that I've mentioned and we blame ourselves we distance ourselves from God and one thing I forgot to mention was actually at the time I stopped singing choir I stopped ministering at church because I was like I can't live this way and be on stage which is rightfully so but I should have told somebody why I was no longer singing but I just stopped singing and if anything it kind of pulled me away more and it made me kind of be comfortable in where I was rather than challenge me to change from that. Wow what a powerful powerful um, testimony. So you spoke about a lot of things that I wanted to just address and I wanted us to speak more about. Firstly you mentioned how you were stupid and you mentioned that term numerous times I just wanted to just let you know that you know you aren't stupid you were young you were vulnerable and this older guy came and took advantage of that. Like, he knew what he was doing. I feel like a lot of guys who are older, they kind of have some kind of, like, dominance as well because they obviously have the experience. They know what's going on. And I feel like a lot of us girls have had that experience where, like, we have an older guy and, you know, he approaches us and he's, he tells us everything that we feel like we want to hear and he knows exactly what to say as well. So if there's anybody out there who had this experience where an older guy, especially in the church environment, has come to you and he's told you what you want to hear. You know, don't feel like it's your fault because it's really not. Like, he was in a position of trust and he abused that. His only role was to be in the media team. He did not have any right to put any questions to you to come to his house or to even speak to you in any kind of way. So for anyone who's listening, do not blame yourself. Don't say, oh yeah, I was stupid or don't say that, you know, I should have known because no, it's not your fault. And I feel like at this point as well, sometimes us girls, we think, oh yeah, it's okay because he's in the church. Oh, it's okay because he knows the um, Bible. But no, sometimes the enemy lurks around the church. Let's be honest. The devil knows the Bible as well. Absolutely, so. <laughs> absolutely. That doesn't mean anything. Just because you're, you're in church. And I think we need to also understand that just because somebody's in church doesn't mean they know the word of God or they're there for the right reasons. If it's really a relationship that glorifies God, why can't you share it with other people? Exactly. God doesn't hide things and things shouldn't be hidden. So I think if you are experiencing something like that, it shouldn't be hidden. It yeah. should be open for people to know. So Exactly. So you probably get this question quite a lot. But as a pastor's daughter, is there that added pressure to be perfect or to not make mistakes? The funny thing is, Growing up, I didn't have that expectation. Like, I, I'm always somebody that if I want to do something, I do it. Um, I didn't really have in mind that, oh, my pastor's, my dad's a pastor, so I need to do this or I need to behave a certain way. That never really crossed my mind. But it's when people would say things like that, that it would remind me and be like, okay, what do you mean by that? Like, is there a certain standard that I need to uphold? And as I've gotten older, I think within my teenage years, I didn't really think about it. But as I've gotten older, I've realized, okay, fair enough. Yes, my, my dad is a pastor. My salvation is my salvation. I need to make sure that I'm saved. I need to make sure that I do my work. But at the same time, yes, I do represent my dad and I do it represent his ministry and the things that he does. The same way we are a representation of Christ. We are 
God's children. So we need to make sure that we represent him in a way that he would like to be represented. So I think it does, um, I do think about it a lot more now, um, but it doesn't kind of um, force me to behave a certain way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's just more like a respect for it rather than, oh, because my dad's a pastor, I need to act a certain way. No. Absolutely. I agree with you. I believe that as Christians, we all have a duty to live a life which is pleasing to God anyway, regardless of who your father is, regardless of who your mother is, regardless of whatever kind of influence you have or those around you may have in the church. At the end of the day, we all have to work on our own salvation anyway. And the Bible does tell us that whatever we do, you know, if it causes other people to sin, then that's obviously something of concern. And what advice would you give to you know a younger version of yourself knowing everything that has happened in your life or you know to just open up that question a bit more like what advice would you give to a younger girl who's currently in the church who's currently being approached by older men who's currently being given the attention from older guys how would you tell this individual to approach that yeah I would say first of all find like even if you are that age and this isn't even a problem for you, find a mentor or find somebody that's older than you that you look up to, that you can share things with, even if it's school issues, it's um, church problems, it's boy issues, just somebody that you can talk to so that when these things do arise, it's not now that you're trying to find someone to talk to, because that's a heavy thing to find somebody to talk to about. You you need to build that relationship with somebody. And I would also advise that, like I said, if something is good, you wouldn't have to hide it. So just kind of keep that in your mind that yeah if it's good it it doesn't need to be hidden and don't feel ashamed don't feel like you're to blame for anything because at the end of the day they are the adult they have a responsibility to make sure they're doing the right thing you're still a child when you're 16 17 um yeah and just don't feel don't feel guilty don't feel like it's your fault yeah and you mentioned about pornography and masturbation so how are we able to remove this stigma around females speaking about this because I feel like a lot of females find it even harder to speak about these things so how are we able to remove this stigma and how are we able to make this like a normal conversation for us to have in order for us to overcome these challenges build a relationship with somebody and I mean I think also not necessarily only putting the onus on the younger girls I think older girls we have a responsibility to um, make people feel comfortable to share these things with you because it's it is a big thing to just open up and tell somebody about I mean I struggled to even tell anybody that I was struggling with this like at the time I didn't tell anybody but had I had somebody that I felt like okay I can come to you and say this outright I think I would have been in a better position I think as older girls we need to kind of make the those conversations normal and okay to have even in church talking about pornography I think we hammer on a lot about sexual immorality we hammer on about fornication adultery and stuff but there are other sins that are um sexual sins that can cause people to who can cause people who aren't even married cause people who are married to struggle so I think yeah I think us who are older need to kind of step in talk to people find people I also want to make a point as well. Uh, I feel like sometimes, well, not sometimes, a lot of the times in church, you know, the pastor will preach about, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. 
But how are we supposed to come out of something? How are we supposed to come out of masturbation, come out of pornography, come out of sleep paralysis if we don't speak about these things often, if we don't speak about how we're able to come out of them? Like, you're telling me this is wrong. Okay, tell me how I can stop this then. I feel like more preachings should be on that. How can we stop this? How can we overcome this? Where can we go to speak about this? You know, let there be possibly an avenue in the church that people are able to, to go to to say look this is what I'm going through it's real real bad how can I come out of it that's what I think personally anyway I would say um you know like I said sin, sin thrives when it's hidden and sin thrives where there is darkness and where there's no light once you shine a light on something it can't it can't live anymore that sin can't live so I think the more we talk about these things and we shine a light on it it's hard for it to thrive it's hard for it to live and like for example if somebody's a thief and you're aware that the person's a thief of course when he comes around you're gonna keep your purses hidden you're gonna keep those things locked if we're aware that people are struggling with things we're gonna help them it's it's exposed and we know and I just think you know we need to create a space where people feel comfortable Mm -hmm. um, and they don't feel ashamed to share things there's a lot of things that people deal with in churches and I wouldn't say that because you're a Christian, you're not going to experience these things. If anything, you experience it even more. Exactly. You experience it even more because you're trying to live for Christ and the enemy doesn't want you to. So So my final question is, what verse did you cling on to the entire time when you were experiencing all these things? And what verse should we be declaring and saying every day, every night? Speak to me. This was in my third year of university and I... Um, was just explaining to my mom that I keep having sleep paralysis. I keep I'm experiencing this and that. Obviously, I didn't tell her everything because yeah, your mom, <laughs> she would not be able to sleep. <laughs> um, yeah, I literally told her that I kept having sleep paralysis and stuff, and she told me to pray on Psalm 91. So I used to read. Oh that. my, that's the same Psalms that released me. Yeah, I'm t- that Psalm. Yeah, that Psalm. It's powerful. I used to read it night before I go to bed and yeah it, it it did it did its job that psalm is so powerful so I always recommend that to people wow. if you're struggling um staying if you're struggling like being like I don't even know how to explain it, it feels like you're, you're kind of caged in you're locked in yeah. you're held down if you're struggling with that this is a very good psalm to read because yeah. it's a psalm of a psalm of deliverance that's what I say thank you so much Vanessa for coming on to the his word podcast it was honestly a pleasure hearing your testimony you know it's obviously not easy to speak about something of that magnitude but you know we thank god that he enabled you to have the strength to come on today and be so open with us and transparent about your testimony we pray that anyone out there who's experienced anything like yourself or anyone who's going through anything right now please remember that you are not alone it is not your fault god is with you always and please go and find someone who you're able to trust a person who you're able to confide in a person who you're able to really be open and vulnerable with because at the end of the day like we are in a church environment for a reason and it's to fellowship and to glorify god's name and to grow as one you know that is what your church is there for is there to help you to build you to encourage you you know this is your family so please go and speak to someone in your church about what's going on if that is what you're experiencing if you don't feel comfortable i'm here to speak to you i'm always happy to speak to anyone who has any concerns Um, I'm, I'm here to pray for you I'm here to support you I'm here to encourage you you know these things are not easy but we thank God 
that he, you know, that his grace is always sufficient and that he strengthens us even in our times of weakness. We are back here again in two weeks time to share another powerful testimony. So, so guys, for anyone who's new, welcome and we are so grateful for the support that we have received on his word. You know, it's amazing to see how God has placed something on my heart and now it's grown into something amazing so honestly it's a pleasure to be able to you know bring episodes to you guys every week and guys please remember his word is god's word 